And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. So glad you're with us tonight. Thank you for joining us on this annual journey through the book of books, through the Bible. We're into the book of First Kings now. We've just finished up, uh, well, just in time, just in time, really, for the uh, Resurrection Sunday celebration. We read about Jesus' resurrection back in the, the Gospel of John. I finished that up, and now we've come back to pick up at the books of First and Second Kings in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Scriptures. So glad to have you along with us tonight. want to say a very, very special hello and greeting and, um, well, I don't know, some kind of an Apache Indian hug. Send it out over the airwaves, right, to uh, my good friend Kent Fraser and his family. It's a wonderful friend and a brother in Christ and a co-laborer in the ministry. They have an exciting ministry, folks. I, I hope we can get them back down here in San Antonio one of these times, down here in Texas. He and his beautiful family, they are all musicians, and they they sing and they share and they uh, minister, and uh, particularly and especially to Native American tribes and reservations all across North America, uh, the United States and Canada. And that's uh, he was just talking to me today about the fact that there are – you realize how many tribes there are? I was – I was kind of apologizing because I can't, I can't pronounce all of these tribal names. There's some of them that are so complicated to pronounce. And he says uh, he said there's 500 or so in North America. Just I, I believe it's, I, if I got it correctly, just in the U.S. Uh, and maybe hundreds, and hundreds more. I know, a few of them. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people groups, a lot of native people groups across the land, and uh, Kent and his. Kent, family do a wonderful job they they visit them they sh- sing they share then of course uh they have a wonderful broadcast uh called the storyteller that you can hear you can check that out look 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 for it i, I I'll, I'll be glad to give them a little bump here without reservation.com without reservation.com is the name of their website and you can go there and find 
all the places, all the cities where they broadcast hundreds of about 400 stations, I think, around the around North America. And you can find one near to you and hear these wonderful stories. The, the program is called The Storyteller. And you can hear these wonderful stories of uh, Native American Native people all across North America telling the story of how I was going to say they found Christ, but most cases is how how Christ found us, you know, how He found us and, and made us into a new people, the, the people of God. It's a great blessing, it really is. So, uh, hello to my friends up in uh, Minnesota. Uh, and now let's get to our program tonight here on The Bible Live. We're in the book of First Kings. Now remember, we've seen the first two kings of Israel, the, uh, the United Kingdom of Israel uh, under David and then uh, under Saul and then David, King David. They reigned for 40 years each. And uh, then David's son, by Bathsheba, his fourth son, a fourth child with Bathsheba. His name was Solomon, and Solomon takes the throne at the, when David uh, passes into eternity. So David passes on, and, and Solomon becomes the king, the new king of the United Kingdom. Now, David, under King David, as we've seen before, Israel reaches the apex of its influence, of its wealth, uh, it's called the Golden Age of Israel, and they had a great influence across uh, those across that area, you know, across the Middle East. It was a great time of uh, their influence. And David, a godly king, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but one who loved God, who was teachable. He was willing to admit fault and confess sin and humble himself before God. And uh, we're told in scriptures, he is a man after God's own heart. And uh, with that idea of humility and brokenness, the willingness to uh, submit to the Lord and admit when he had made mistakes. Now, he has passed on. Solomon now becomes the new leader, the new ruler of Israel. We're starting this week. We read in our Bible readings, 1 Kings chapter 3 through chapter 18. First Kings chapters 3 through 18. And by the way, let me tell you that we do have a new development for you that you can now once more hear the Bible readings themselves. Uh, each and every, you can, you can read through the Bible with me every year. I'll be glad, I'll be thrilled, I'll be honored to read the Bible to you and with you as we go through it every year. And you can find those readings at... Uh, our website, thebiblelive.com, thebiblelive.com or biblelive.com without the word the. Either one, it'll get you to our website and just check on the the podcast and you can go and find the readings for each and every day, uh, every, every weekday, every week. And they're there listed. And the date, if you want to go back and catch some reading that you didn't get before, you'll find them there as well. Uh, they're being put up on our on our uh, Bible Live website. You can also find them at the radio station um, here, KSLR Radio. You can find them on the website, AM six thirty the Word, AM as in Mary, AM six thirty the Word dot com, and you can go there and, and click up on our podcast and go down to the the Bible Live. 
and you can find our Bible readings there as well. And we can read through the Bible together every year. Find a Get the family together, other members of the family. Uh, we're having a great time doing that. We, Of course, even though we're separated right now because of this, uh, uh, what would you call this quarantine or this, it's called something else, John. Pandemic. This pandemic, but what, what they have us doing, you know. Stay at home. Stay at home, social distancing and all that sort of thing. Uh, so we're, we're enjoying uh, listening to the readings and then, and then, texting and emailing and about it. I'm talking about it on the phone together. So go through the Bible together every year, the entire Bible. It's about a 20-minute reading every weeknight, every weekday. You can hear it any time, not just limited to the broadcast now. You can go to uh, our website, thebiblelive.com, or the radio station website, am630theword.com, and just get go through the Bible together, you and your family, you and a, a friend, you and a sweetheart, you and a, uh, some people at work. If you have a study, go through. I have a Friday morning Bible study that a lot of military personnel attend. We, we, we're kind of getting to the point where we're, a number of the guys are reading through uh, the Bible. We're reading through it together and listening to it on our phones or on our computers. And uh, it's really a, a blessing to go through the scriptures together. Then here on the weekend, we're going to discuss those passages, and I have some questions here in front of me that I can ask you, and uh, you can call in as well with an observation that you've made, something that you learned as you read the scriptures, Uh, maybe a question that came up. Uh, as you read through the Bible here. We'd be glad to hear your question, and, and uh, maybe you can give a shot at it. You know, we've uh, we've been doing just loving the Lord and walking him with Him since I was eight years old as a child. I came to the Lord, but then I've uh, been in, on the mission field and ministry for about 50 years now and explaining, uh, answering questions about this book of books, about God's Word and about the Scriptures to young men and women all around the world, literally, in these years, about 35, 40 countries of the world that we've ministered in. And uh, so I'll be glad to hear your question, your thought, and your input, because I'm still learning as well. You never quit learning in this incredible book uh, that God has given us called the Bible. Well, let's get to our questions tonight and some of our thoughts. We read about <clears throat> primarily the beginning of the reign of King Solomon. And... Uh, we we have read that Solomon had a dream, and God said to him, "Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you." Now, that's a that's like a child's game. Did you ever play that when you're a kid? You know, if a genie says you can have anything you want, or three wishes, or whatever, well, and what if God told you you could have anything you want? What would you say? And you know, we would I don't know choose whatever it was. Uh, but in Solomon's dream, this really happened. God says, you can have anything you want. What would you want? Riches, or would you want, um, oh, I don't know, health, uh, any number of things that we would say. But Solomon said he would. He asked for wisdom to rule God's people. Now, that is that is pretty amazing. It's a beautiful story. And it, it is said that God gave him because you did not ask for riches and this sort of thing, I, I'll give that to you. I'll give those to you as well, but I'm going to give you that wisdom. And so we start off in our reading uh, in chapter 3 of the book of First Kings. It's a famous example of Solomon's wisdom. 
there are two women who went to court. Now, you remember and you've seen by now that the king quite often was the final uh, – uh, he was the final appeals. He was the Supreme Court. Uh, when someone had a case, they would take it uh, to a priest or someone locally and so on. It would make its way. Uh, finally, this came to Solomon's uh, throne to uh, b- before his throne for, for a decision. Two women went to court for custody of a baby that they both claimed was theirs. How did Solomon decide which of the two women was the true mother of the child? All right, that's question number one for tonight. In a famous example of Solomon's wisdom, two women went to court for custody of a baby that they both claimed was theirs. How did Solomon decide which one of the two women was the true mother of the child? Give us a call if you'd like. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585 if you'd like to answer that question. And then I want you to, from your general knowledge of Solomon and his life uh, and his time uh, on the throne, uh, Solomon was a man who had tremendous potential, evidently uh, very intelligent, uh, had many skills uh, and abilities, but he didn't live up to his potential. He did not live up to his potential, and uh, immediately following his reign, the country split into two. The ten northern tribes abandoned Solomon as they had become united uh, under his father, David. Now they abandoned him, and they separated from the two tribes in the south, Judah and Benjamin. And, and Solomon's reign had a lot to do with that. So let me ask you, what two great mistakes did Solomon make during his 40-year reign, mistakes that led Israel later to disaster and to division? All right, what two big mistakes did Solomon make in his reign, all right? If you'd like to give us a give a guess at those answers or tell us what you think of that, give me a call at 210-340-9585. Let me go over here and see. I need to find myself a pen. <laughs> there we go. And so I can keep up. 210-340-9585. That's our phone number. And we have two questions about King Solomon out right now that I'd like for you to call in. If you have an answer to that, let me know, and I'd love to hear from you. Let me see what else I can. um, I'm going to move away from Solomon just a bit. I'm going to move. Let's see. Let's let's turn to a little detail about the temple. Now, remember, they had been worshiping God from the tabernacle that they built at Mount Sinai uh, at, when Moses was leading them still, before they even made the, the 40-year journey, or the 40-year uh, wandering in the wilderness and coming into the Promised Land under Joshua, long, long before they had built the tabernacle. Now, uh, David had wanted to build a temple, but David was not allowed to build the temple uh, to the Lord. Can you tell me why David was not allowed to build the temple? It, it's, it's rather curious to me in a way. Why was King David 
not allowed or prohibited by the Lord to build the temple. Although he raised a lot of money and you know he, he gave a lot of his own wealth to it, it is Solomon, his son, who is able to build the temple. And he started building the temple in the fourth year of his reign. How many years did it take to complete the building of the temple? Uh, if anyone knows that, I, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little hint. It's found in chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 37, is when how long it took to build the temple of the Lord. This was said to be a magnificent structure, uh, beautiful in every way, uh, very, very uh, built with precious stones and gold, much gold and silver, uh, very elaborate and glorious temple. And so how many years did it take to complete the building of Solomon's temple? Uh, if you can answer that question. And let me put one more question about the, the temple out there. One notable part of the temple was a, a, a round tank filled with water. It was 15 feet in diameter. It held 11,000 gallons of water. What was it called? Okay, if you know the answer to that question, I'd love to get some of your answers. What do you? What details do you remember from the book of First Kings uh, about the temple that Solomon built? The phone number here is 210-340-9585. If you know the answer to any of those questions, I'd love to hear from you, give you a chance to uh, kind of yeah, maybe show off a little bit your Bible knowledge, <laughs> or ask a question yourself if you'd like. Maybe you have a question about Solomon. What was it about Solomon that uh, uh, maybe you have a thought about him? Solomon is, is a remarkable individual uh, from history, and, from, and, and maybe you'd like to kind of have an open-ended question. What kind of lessons do you think we can learn from Solomon, from Solomon's example uh, today, either on a personal basis, each of us individually in our walk with the Lord or uh, our understanding of God and, and walking with him, or even as a nation, what are some of the things that we could learn from Solomon? The phone number is 210-340-9585. So um, let's move on to... I want to ask a little question a little bit later in the chapter as well. I've got, I'll repeat these questions in just a moment. But I want to talk about what were the name of the two men that became the king of Israel, kings of Israel in the north and Judah in the south? What, was, what were the names of these two kings when Israel divided into two? Uh, one was Solomon's son, down and took over the, the throne of Judah. But the ten tribes in the north separated from Judah and became what we call Israel now. And uh, they were led by another individual. What were the names of the first two kings of the kingdom divided? You know, we've talked a lot about our own country. Uh, America being a divided nation in these times that we live in. Many people write or, or um, broadcast and talk about the commentary about America has never been so divided, uh, one group from another. I, I would say 
maybe primarily a a um, political division, but of course the political division is a is a sign too of social differences and social division, and uh, maybe you have uh, maybe you have a comment. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about what you are seeing in our nation and what you think maybe as a believer. If we can take the example of Israel. Uh, the division, uh, the dividing of the kingdom here under uh, after Solomon's death. Maybe you could talk to us a bit about uh, what do you think was the key to the idea? Why why did they divide, and what might be something? What would help our nation uh, experience uh, a unity, a oneness, a greater unity and oneness today in our land? Could it be that this coronavirus will have some kind of a unifying? Um, influence. I, I don't know. It doesn't. It seems like there's a lot of blame, <laughs> finger pointing going on. That, uh, that maybe that we're just as divided as ever. But maybe you have a question about that. It's a very timely conversation from the scriptures, uh, in terms of our own culture, our own society. Maybe you could give us a call and talk a little bit about that tonight. And also, as always, during this last week's, we've been opening up the phone lines as well for you to talk a little bit about. Uh, this this time that we're living, this coronavirus, this social distancing, and the way the country is pretty much, well, not entirely, but pretty much shut down in terms of the economy. Uh, businesses, small and large, are are crippled. They're just functioning. Uh, and a lot are, a lot is being able to be done from our homes because of our the internet, because of our computer connectivity across the land. But um, it is said that we are just sitting dead in the water, that we're not really functioning, the, the economy and uh, people are not getting their incomes and their, and their paychecks and so on. Uh, maybe you have a thought about what's going on in our land and something that God might be uh, burning into your heart. I know that there are a great number of believers who are praying, and I, uh, I, I've seen over, over the years – Five, ten, fifteen years here in our own great city and across the land, there there are thousands and thousands of believers, many, many thousands, perhaps even millions, who are genuinely and sincerely seeking the face of God in prayer for our nation. Uh, is it possible that this could be something God is will use or is using to help bring about perhaps some healing in our land? And I, no pun intended there with the word healing, but that's uh, we are suffering much more than even just uh, just the coronavirus. But there's there's a spiritual illness. There's a spiritual we're we're in a spiritual slump as well as a nation. And so, what is it that God could do and might do in our lives? I'd love to hear from any of you who have. A word about those kind of matters. Here we are talking about uh, Israel. One of the great things we can learn as we look at the nation of Israel uh, united under Saul and David and Solomon, or uh, after it's divided in the books of First and Second Kings, we we see the nation divided. Uh, Israel in the north. Uh, it, it starts in about, if I remember correctly, nine thirty. B.C., I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact date, but I think it was from 930 B.C., uh, and after that, the, the nation divided. Then um, 
it only it goes to 722 BC. The, the northern tribes then are destroyed. Each of the tribes, each of the nations, the, the northern tribes and the southern tribes, they have approximately 22 kings between them. But the kings in, in Israel, in the northern tribes, the kings went faster. They, did, they were not as stable as the southern, as Judah and Benjamin. And they had a lot of instability. And most of the kings, almost all of the kings, if, with very few exceptions, were were not following after God. They were wicked. They were corrupt. And uh, Israel in the north did not last as long as uh, Judah in the south. But then Judah in the south was also destroyed in 586 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar came over and destroyed them um, from Babylon. So they lasted probably, what, 130 years or so longer than than. Israel in the north, but uh, Israel in the north was destroyed in 722 B.C. by the the Assyrians with their capital out of Nineveh, so uh, in the north. So we're going to read in the books of First and Second Kings, we're going to read about the kingdom divided. And one of the things that makes the books of First and Second Kings a little difficult is that it, it is a record, a historical record of both of the kingdoms, the kingdom of the north, Israel, and the south, Judah. And they, if you almost need a scorecard to keep records straight, to make sure you remember who are talking about. Are we talking about the, a king of Israel in the north or a, a king of Judah in the south? Because they just run them together. They both run parallel. Now, you can find in uh, some of today's um, Bible study books, and if you have a really good Bible st- uh, study Bible, you can find uh, maps, and you can find a um, kind of a, a legend there that you can read down, and you can see which king was ruling in Israel as the other, and which king was ruling at the same time in uh, Judah. So you can follow those as well as you go through. Well, that's our first segment. We hadn't gotten any phone calls. I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to give us a call. Two ten three four zero. 9585. So give us a call. Be a part of the Bible Live program this evening, the quiz show, and we will be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Healing rain is coming down. It's coming
This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Getting some healing rain here lately, haven't we? Really, it's it. Have we been getting more rain than normal through this particular spring? It seems like it, but hmm. possibly I'll have to um, find out somebody who knows this kind of stuff. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Bible Live, the quiz show, and I'm so glad to have you along. We're looking at the book of First Kings tonight, principally. That's where our readings came from this last week. First uh, Kings chapter 3 through chapter 18. And I have some questions out here for you, and I'm going to get to, to Vera. Vera's on the phone. Let me repeat the questions, though, for us t- really quickly so that she would hear and others will as well. In a famous example of Solomon's wisdom, two women went to court for custody of a, bi- of a baby they both claimed was theirs. How did Solomon famously decide which of the two women was the true mother of the child? You'll find it in chapter 3, verse 25 of 1 Kings. And then uh, what two great mistakes did Solomon, Solomon as king make during his 40-year reign? What two great mistakes did he make? They were mistakes that led Israel to disaster and to division uh, after his death. So then I asked the question, um, why was David, King David, Solomon's father, not allowed to build the temple? And then uh, how many years did it take Solomon to complete the construction of the, this temple, this magnificent temple, uh, the Temple of Solomon? How many years did it take? That's found in chapter 6, verse 37. Um, then one notable part, one aspect of the temple uh, construction was uh, uh, incredibly, it was, it was a round tank. Uh, it was intended for the priests to be able to wash, uh, cool themselves and wash because of the, of course they were making offerings and, and this was not a, uh, this, this was, it was like a butcher shop. I mean, they were constantly slaughtering animals um, and, and burning them on the altar. They, were, or you could say, cooking in some way. It smelled more. I guess it probably smelled like a South Texas uh, barbecue place. But uh, as you can, it was. They were doing the animal sacrifices there, and so the priests would often be sweaty and hot and uh, maybe a little bloody, and so they would have to wash. In this tank, 15 feet in diameter, it held 11,000 gallons of water. I wonder if they just washed or if they were ever tempted to, you know, like go swimming. I, I don't know. I don't know. John doesn't know either. Anyway, what was this round tank called? What was the popular name given to that tank? So there's oh, what four or five questions there that you could answer if you'd like to give us a call. Let me... Uh, See if I can hit the right button and get Vera to join me here on the air. How are you doing tonight, Vera? Oh, thank you. I'm doing well. Are you, are you really well? God. Are you and your family well? 
Yes, yes. Um, the Lord gave me the um, assurance that the pestilence will not come near us. And my husband and I, with a blind friend of ours and another farmer, uh, celebrated the Passover uh, Wednesday on the 8th. Well, and it was really a special, um, very joyous and uh, spiritually uplifting occasion. And I think if families would get together and remember Israel, because they did give us the scriptures, and we need to believe and appropriate those words into our daily lives, and that way we will become closer to the Lord and we won't worry about things like this COVID-19 and these uh, crazy things on television, which we don't have anymore. We took our TV out. It would have a great healing effect. I I believe you're right, Vera, without a doubt. Let me ask you to do something, if you don't mind, because I want our audience to hear you crystal clear. Could you turn off the radio, I think, behind you and getting a little bit of an echo? Oh, okay, or sure. Turn it off or down, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, want, yeah, I want folks to hear what you're saying. Well, that, that is that that is true. And one of the things that I've noticed, uh, just even through our program last week, people that called in the experience of others that I'm I'm hearing from, is that a lot of a lot of folks are rediscovering the idea of family worship. Of worshiping yes, yes. Uh, and, and, uh, I think we've good. all been too socialized out in, <laughs> you know, through the school system, through the uh, senior things going on. And actually, we've separated ourselves from one another with those activities. Instead of bringing families together, uh, each child has something different to do. Each yeah. adult has something different to do. And instead of worshiping, Worshiping together, you're worshiping separately. Yeah, we, and, we go to a, you know, our different churches, and we go one. That's right. The children go to one department, and the adults go to another, and you know, we exactly. might not see each other. It's funny that might be a little bit of more uh, social distancing that <laughs> we may be experiencing a little bit more unity uh, now. <laughs> In family, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. Now, our families are afraid because of their uh, connection, our children, I should say, uh, with still working out in the workday world. They're they're concerned since we're older, they don't want to expose us to anything that they've been possibly exposed to and carrying. My children, too, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's all right because you know we can still connect with them pretty pretty often via phone and sure. and you know or Skype or, or Facebook or whatever FaceTime. Um, there's a lot of different things going on, but we wanted to share on Easter Sunday. Well, before that, it was such a neat week last week, um, last Friday, and you can still hear and see the Tabernacle Choir singing Handel's Messiah. It was an oratorio live from Salt Lake Temple Square. And I thought, man, that was, uh, talk about, they weren't worried about social distancing, and it was a live production. It was was, glorious, I'm sure, yeah. Glorious, is it? Yes, it was. And uh, it just, it lifted our spirits. And um, then after that, on Sunday, um, we listened to one of the, you know, um, 
programs that are um, on the internet from from um, uh, I think it was Community Bible Church and and then my brother uh, his church in in Minnesota uh-huh. has another church like that and they have um, you know a wonderful uh, teaching and uh, worship time both live yeah yeah and then then you're probably aware of that but here's what's really neat this past Sunday we. We, uh, uh, well, before that, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, there was, uh, on YouTube, you not only can listen to the Messiah, they made a recording of it, but there is a, a, a wonderful black brother who, his name is David Wesley, and he made a YouTube uh, virtual choir. It's called a virtual choir. You yes, can look I, it up. I have seen these. It's an astounding accomplishment. I don't know how. Isn't they do it? it? Isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. Was it global from like from all over the world or? or oh yes, all over. Yes, these people were from thirty-four different countries. I wrote it down. One hundred and seventy-seven participants. Mm. Yes, it That's was amazing. fantastic. Yeah, amazing is it. And and la- lastly, I wanted to share with you this this past Sunday, uh, we actually went out to the Empty Cross in Kerrville, uh-huh. the Coming King. It was just beautiful. The garden and the sunshine. Yes. You've been there, and I'm sure a lot of the, the you know the listeners to your program have. But I really want to encourage people. You can just walk through the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> on the pavers, and I'm German, so it, they have the language English. On the right is German. On the left of the English is, and these are in pavers. It's Spanish, oh, so you amazing. get it in three languages. You can read it, and uh, so you don't need to take your Bible. You just go through there, and, and you see all the <laughs> the monuments. You know, Jesus washing washing the feet of. Yes. of Peter and then Mary and yes, yeah, yes, it yes. just it was just such such a and then we met up with a volunteer there who was seated near the cross oh. and he just kind of made our day. Her name was uh, um, uh, Crucialis or something like that, uh-huh. and it actually means uh, the cross in Spanish. Oh, so. Yeah. Some of your listeners will remember that. I, I can't pronounce it correctly, well, yay, but anyway. Yay, Kerrville, and yay, Texas. Yes, <laughs> yes. You should be proud so, of that. so we should not be scared of of standing firm. And my encouragement is that um, instead of listening to the news, I think uh, singing psalms is is in order. You know, and Vera, just, that's interesting to me. Excuse me, just jumping real quick. You, you, um, so many people have mentioned uh, callers here on the on the radio program and other and elsewhere even that one of the one of the results of this social distancing and so on that we're going through one of the results has been that people seem or a number of people have commented at least that they have they have really cut back on or they cut down or they have totally stopped listening to the news which i which i found is a kind of an interesting development i want you you mentioned that you have kind of stopped listening is there any particular reason for it in your in your well it's taking 
takes up so much time, uh-huh. and um, I have better things to do than to sit and listen to news, which, uh, what am I going to share about it? I mean, really, you know, <laughs> everybody everybody knows all about what's going on, and, half of, and they're all half-truths. <laughs> and we're in the, the only news is we're all doing the same thing. We're sitting around waiting <laughs> and looking, looking at each other. Well, I am so glad to hear from you, Vera. I really am. Now, I've got to get you to answer one of, uh, maybe one or two of sure. our Bible questions. I bet you can. Sure. Do you remember yes. in the famous example of Solomon's wisdom, there were two yes. women who went to court for custody of a yes. baby. They both yes, claimed that the baby was theirs. How did Solomon decide which of the two women was the true mother of the child? Uh, he he asked for his um, um, swordsman to cut the baby in half and give half to each woman. And how did that solve the problem? Oh, uh, the real mother of the baby said, oh, no, please let the baby live and give it to the other mother. And Solomon knew right away that was the true mother because she was willing to sacrifice her son to, for him to live. I mean, yes. to tell you, that, that is the most beautiful story. I, I, yes, I mean, it is. It's simple, and it's, it, it seems kind of... Wow, was he really going to cut the baby in half and all that sort of thing? But it's right, such an amazing right. story. It truly is. Amen. Amen. I guess, I guess that would be that would count as wisdom. I, I would expect. Now, do you remember why King David was not allowed to build the temple? Um, I think because of his his uh, sin with Bathsheba was the main problem, no. and that and well, not 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 just that, but he had Uriah killed. Yeah, that too. But that wasn't the yeah. reason given for him not being able to build the temple. Because he was a violent man. He was a violent man. Well, he was a man of war. He was he a man of war. He that had, was it. Uh, he had yeah. battled. He had blood on yes. his hands. For, and it, yes. it wasn't like that. God is saying that people in the military are not that it's that it's wrong to be in the military. Uh, clearly, right. because many of the great heroes of the Bible, including David, here were yes. uh, men and women uh, in uniform. They were military. People, and uh, exactly. I, I have to throw that in there because we're military city USA, and it's important yes, that our military I people know. know that know that being in the military is proud. It could be a proud, um, and it's it's a worthy worthy profession and all. But David was not allowed to build the temple for that right. for that reason because he had been right. in war and conflict. Well, I appreciate yeah. you calling. You have That's made good. my evening. That was so joyful <laughs> to hear from you. God bless you, well, dear, you, you and your family. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for being there. I'm glad to be doing here. Doing what you do. God bless. You Good too, night. Vera. Okay. Good to hear from Vera. She is <laughs> She is so upbeat tonight. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Vera is uh, was... Vera is on top of the world. She's happy tonight. There's something going on in that woman's life and that family that's exciting to hear from them. You can give me a call just like Vera did. I'd love to hear from you. How are you handling these weeks, uh, days and weeks that are going by of uh, this slowdown or this pause or whatever you want to call it? I'd love to hear from how you're handling it. Uh, maybe there's some blessing that you've received, some some inclination, some kind of a conviction that maybe of what God might be doing in these times in our own community or maybe in your family, your community, or in our nation as well. I'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 
340-9585. Let's talk a little bit. Let's share a little bit on the airwaves here what's going on. And, and if, if God's people can give us a call and tell us what you're thinking, it would be really exciting for us to hear from each other and kind of pro- cross-pollinate a little bit uh, as the people of the Lord today. So give us a call, 210 340 That's our phone number. You can give us a call anytime, and we'd be lo- love to talk with you. Maybe you can answer one of our questions for us tonight as well. We'd love for you to join in and kind of help us think through the book of First Kings, chapters three through eighteen. This is and some of the lessons that we can get personally, individually from the book of First Kings, and even as a nation. Maybe there's some things that we can learn as well. Two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. Let's go and visit. I think first, uh, Abigail's up first, right? Abigail, are you with us? My name is Evan. Is that who oh, Evan, is? I got the wrong. I hit the wrong button. But Evan, I, <laughs> I'll take it as as providential. <laughs> we'll get to Abigail. We'll get to her in just a moment. All okay. right, Evan. I'm glad to hear from you. Yeah, uh, my uh, thing is is that uh, the, the split the uh, Solomon and how to decide how to. Uh, decide who's the mother. Uh, he he told uh, he said uh, split the baby in half, and then the mother who cried said, "No, let the Ellen have it. She was the real mother." That, uh, uh, yeah, we 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 got that answer. Uh, Vera oh, answered okay. that as well. But that I, I, it is such a striking story. I, it's one of the most memorable stories in the Bible. People uh, uh, over the years, Once you a lot of people you can't forget. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Once you once you envision that, it is so striking, striking and so powerful a statement. I, I that is really really interesting to me. I, I, when you think about it, I mean it's just, and you don't really have to explain it because everybody goes, well, sure, that that makes all the sense in the world. The real mom would not want the child harmed, and no matter what, uh, an amazing uh, an example there for us. It, it, and I, <laughs> it's really quite yeah, an right. example for us. We live in such a different era, don't we, Evan? I mean, with oh, yeah. abortion being what it is across the land and around the world, and I mean the value of life, and, and and that story is even more striking, perhaps, if you think about it in that context. It's really well, just the changes that's happened. You know, the '60s and '70s. You know, I was born in the late '50s, and the difference in society is just so great; it's hard to believe. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I used to read the Bible, and I would I would read about some of these terrible things that the people of Israel did that they into idolatry and all kinds of wickedness and so on. And I would think to myself as a kid, boy, these people, how could they do that? I mean, they just, and now I, now I understand it better. It, it only takes one generation walking away from God. And, and I mean, it, uh, it seems like two generations, you know, the, yeah. The, the Vietnam generation and then their kids after that, which I'm kind of part of. I was a little bit young to get in on that. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, in two gen- – I, I say two generations, and that's kind of what happens in the Old Testament. It's usually the third generation that God puts the judgments on the nation. Yeah. But it doesn't take long to move away from God and no. for, for, for things to <laughs> radically, radically change. Well, what do you think God might be doing, Evan – from, I mean, you've been walking with the Lord a good number of years, I, I sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, it sounds like you have been. What do you think? Is it? What could God be up to 
with this well, thing of the virus and so on. What what lessons are there for us, and what do you think? Maybe in your more optimistic or hopeful moments, what <laughs> what do you think God might do? Something good might come of this. Well, uh, something good could happen, but my, I'm not so optimistic because I was hearing another guy, the Vernon McGee, he's going through um, uh, Amos, and it's, it's he's trying to get our attention. You know, we had nine nine, you know, nine eleven, and. Yeah. He's trying to get our attention, and we, you know, 10 minutes, we paid attention to him, and then it's back to normal, yep. or abnormal. <laughs> right. And so I just think God's trying to get our attention, and I just wish the president would uh, call, like, an Esther fast, a three-day fast, where everybody turned to Jesus Christ and looking at the Ten Commandments as a mirror to see if we need to be saved, and, of course, we all do, because right. if nothing else, we're told to fib about something. <laughs> right. Evan, you know what? Yeah. The, the National Day of Prayer is coming soon in the month of May. The first Thursday mm-hmm. of May has always uh, been, for, for many, many years now, a, a National Day of Prayer. And, of course, mm-hmm. this year, I, I, I expect, I, I assume it's going to be affected by this um, pause and so on. I'm not quite sure of that. But my suspicion would be that that, that the president will indeed... You know, there have been a number of people calling the nation to prayer. There are a number of different organizations and some of our other uh, spiritual leaders across the land. But it it is very different when the president... I I agree with you there that... It gets everybody's attention, whether they like it or not. At least they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, they have to face it. And, you know, that's what happened in Nineveh. They all repented, you know. And you think, well, how could that be? They were murderers, I know killers, it. you know. Yes, I tell you. <laughs> so that's the optimism is it can, people, America can turn around. That's my optimism. But will they? Uh, uh, that's up to God. <laughs> yeah, it can happen. That I think that's a big step, though, that you take. When even you, when even you give the possibility that, it can happen. You know, a nation can turn around. A nation can <laughs> repent. We see it in the scriptures a number of times. You, let, let me. I, I got to tell you one thing that I just thought of today as I was. Uh, I, I've been working a lot on our on our Bible Live program where we're. Our passion is is the scriptures, God's word, and letting people hear right. the scriptures. And of course, uh, uh, there's a wonderful organization called the Gideons, and they they're a number that have many believers have this passion about the scriptures. But the, mm-hmm. the point is, is that in the eight revivals that are listed in the Bible, there are eight great revivals, uh, and every one of them re- was preceded by two things. One was an extraordinary pronounce uh, uh, publication of the scriptures the reading mm-hmm. of the public reading of the scriptures or there was there was there was Nehemiah. an unusual yes the, and the, uh, Josiah young king Josiah uh, even even um, in Nineveh even when jo- Jonah right. went these revival there was this always this extraordinary proclamation of God's word and then uh, at, besides that there was always an extraordinary uh, each revival has been preceded by extraordinary movement of prayer. Prayer has had, had a role in both of those things. And so uh, I'm just wondering, I, maybe God would, in his grace and mercy, would use this a, in a way to call at least his people. There are enough of us, if we would just get our hearts right and bend our hearts and our need to the Lord, there are enough believers in the land to really make a difference if if we would if we would just Absolutely. seek his face. If my people, uh, right? If my people yeah. who are called by my name. There's always a remnant. And then, you know, like, uh, what was that, Isaiah? Or, no, I mean, uh, Eli, the, the one that ran away after he slew all the uh, 
Baal priest. You know, he thought he was the only one left Elijah, serving yeah. God. Yep. Elijah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's easy to feel outnumbered, but there's always a remnant. So yep. There always you is. Count on that. <laughs> so good to hear from you, Evan. You bet. Thank you so much. God, you have a great God bless, God bless you, my friend. You. Good to hear from you. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Well, let's go and pick up a call from Abigail. Did, did I get Abigail correctly this time? Yes, sir. Abigail, I'm so glad you called in. You sound so young. Well, are, you sound familiar, too. Are you the uh, host of the radio, the radio yes. program, The Storyteller? I am the host. <laughs> oh, someone found me out. I'll have to come back. Yeah. Abigail, can you hang on? I'm so sorry, but we have to take a quick break. We're against the clock, but I'll come back and we'll visit about it, okay? Okay. All right, hang on. There's our music. We will come back after a short break. You can give us a call as well tonight, 210 340 9585. I'd love to hear from you. 210 340 9585. Don't you dare go away. We've got half an hour to go. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back. Jesus, friend of sinners. I'm so glad of that. Because uh, like Paul said, I'm the chief of <laughs> Sometimes I'm the, I feel like I'm the chief. All right. And that's not a pun either, being Native American. I want to go back and visit with Abigail. Uh, Abigail just kind of found me out. She said, are you a... I've heard your voice somewhere else. Are you hosting a program called The Storyteller? And I I do, in fact, Abigail. And I, I've not mentioned it very many times. Uh, have you heard the program before? I, I, I'm suspecting you have. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. And my dad, he said to tell you, you do a great job hosting it. Oh, that is so nice. I, it is one of the great... I consider it a, just a tremendous privilege, honestly, Um to be able to speak, uh, we it, we're on 400 stations with that program, and it goes to Native American communities uh, all across North America, Canada, and U.S. Uh, just it's just an incredible privilege to speak to our my Native brothers, brethren, and sisters. I'm I'm full blooded Apache myself, Mescalero Apache, and uh, it, well, that's so interesting that you that you had recognized the voice. Um, well, um, well, thank you. Thank you for listening. And I, I, it's a great ministry. It really is. I love to hear those stories of faith, how, how God finds people. And isn't it amazing how God finds us? I mean, everybody, not only Native Americans, but 
how isn't it amazing how God finds us wherever we are, and sometimes we're the least likely people you would ever expect, and somehow mm-hmm. He brings us to Himself, and so on. How how did you come to know the Lord? Is a young girl, uh, or through your family? Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian family, and um, at a very young age, I realized that I was a sinner and was on my way to hell if I didn't do something about that. Yeah. And uh, so I trusted Christ as my Savior. I i don't remember the exact date. I was uh-huh. probably like four, four or five. Is that um, right, so- Abigail? That is so young. My wife also made her initial uh, commitment to trust Christ at age five, so she was very young as well. I, I was eight years old. I was an old guy by <laughs> by you guys' standard. Uh, you don't. Rem- I don't remember the date either, but I actually remember the occasion uh, that I I was living in an orphanage, and I told the chaplain, "I want Jesus in my heart. I want to know. I want I want to be in the family of God." I was an orphan. And so, you know, if you don't have a dad, you can't do much better than the God of the universe. So, so I, I wanted, you know, God to be my father. I wanted to be a part of the family of God, and and that's uh, that was the kind of a motivation at that time, at least in my own walk with the Lord. Well, it's so wonderful that you had a godly family, and uh, do you have brothers and sisters as well. Yes, they uh, they all know the Lord. Unbelievable. That's such an incredible blessing, Abigail. It really is. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Bible, if you don't mind. I'd like for you to answer some of our questions tonight. We've been talking about uh, Solomon. and As I read through the Bible every year, I read through the entire Bible and and let people have a chance to to hear a 15 to 20 minute reading. Uh, And then every weekday and then on the weekends, we have this program where we kind of talk about the, the passages we read uh, over the last week here, and uh, our our program is called the Bible the Bible Live, and this past week we read First uh, King chapters three through eighteen. So a lot of our questions this week have to do with King Solomon, uh, who he was, and so on. And we we just read through the entire Bible every year, and you can find the Bible readings. At uh, our website, it's called thebiblelive.com. All you do is go there and click on the, our podcast, and you can go and find uh, the reading. Uh, the, we- the readings for next week will show up uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, so you can click on any of those days, and, and you can hear the reading every day, and uh, maybe as a family, read through the Bible together and discuss it, or, or just a big family of here in San Antonio, South Texas, or across the nation, really, people can hear and read through the Bible together. So I uh, just want you to know about that. If you happen to want to join us, we'd love to have you check it out on thebiblelive.com and uh, read through the Bible with us. That's that's what we do. But here, here are some questions I was asking about the Bible and about King Solomon one of the things is I ask, how many years did it take for Solomon to finish the construction from the time he began to when it was completed of the magnificent uh, temple, Solomon's temple in Jerusalem? Do you happen to know how long it took him? Seven years. Seven years. How did you know that? <laughs> I, uh, I, thought well, that we... was, I thought it was a hard question. <laughs> we were uh, sitting around the table speculating and then... Someone looked it up. So. Isn't that good? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, you can find it in First Kings chapter 6, verse 37. Seven years uh, it took 
to build that temple. Uh, you know how the numbers 7 and 40 appear so often in the Bible. I'm, I'm, um, I, I, I shouldn't have been surprised that it would be seven years. Uh, do you happen to know by any chance how many years Solomon's temple served as a place of worship? You know, it replaced the tabernacle. Uh, that they had used for all those years uh, uh, from the time they left Mount Sinai under Moses that brought the tabernacle into into the promised land, the tabernacle, and uh, with Joshua. And then uh, through those years of the king of the judges. So there's a lot of years there. Would you like to take a guess at how approximately how many years did Solomon's temple uh, the tabernacle served as a place of worship for something like close to 500 years. How many years wow. did Solomon's temple serve as a place of worship? Oh, boy. Um, it's a wild guess. I know. I guess it is. Yes. But you can ask Dad. It's a wild it, guess. <laughs> well, think what I said about 40. That's kind of what I was thinking. Hmm, was it, would it be 40? <laughs> but wouldn't it be as few as 40? No, it would be a lot longer than Four. that. What? Uh, uh, wild guess, 400. Yeah, you got it exactly. <laughs> All you needed was a little hint. It was 400 years, more or less, <laughs> almost 400 years before it was destroyed in 586 B.C. by uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And one other question. Do you happen to know what the name of that huge water tank that stood outside the temple, it was made out of bronze, if I remember correctly, and it held 11,000 gallons of water. The, the temple priests used it to wash themselves and cool themselves uh, between, uh, during the, as they were doing the, the offerings, the burnt offerings. You know, it was hot. They had the altar going, mm-hmm. and, and it was dirty work. Uh, they had this huge tank. Do you know what it happened? What it was called? The sea. You are so good, Abigail. That's great. Well, help from my family. Well, there you go. Family is always the the. But that's even now. Yeah, there may be a lot of families that might not have known that detail. That's great. That's good to know. Well, I'm so glad to hear from you guys. Tell me just quickly. You've answered some of our questions. Tell me a little bit about. What, how are y'all faring in this time of social distancing and, and so on, this slowdown that we're all going through? What do you think about it? Uh, it's been very interesting. and Has it been difficult? Been, some aspects of it, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've been in a car for like a month now. Wow. So, yeah, that's been different. But it's also been good to slow down and have time as a family and... Uh, time to pray and spend more time in God's Word. And um, also, some friends have started an online Bible study, which has been really encouraging, and being able to That's take so part good. in things like that. You know, you know, we were just talking with Vera and Evan before that. It, it seems like there's so many, there, there are some really good things happening, and particularly, I would say, uh, among God's people. I mean, there is some... Even though there might be social distancing, it seems like in some ways we've rediscovered a worship in the home, family worship. We've we've rediscovered a lot of ways to connect uh, without displacing. You know, you, it's interesting how many churches now have their services online 
worship time mm-hmm. and Bible studies. I think there were a lot of churches that were holding back from doing that because, you know, they, it was easy. You know, we all get together, normal, the traditional way of getting together to worship. And but because of this, it seems like there are a lot more congregations who have made the made the jump to the internet. And I suspect that'll be a positive thing, even after we've come out of this, if if and when we do. Uh, it seems like uh, the presence of so many more churches and Christian mini- ministries and even individuals online might be a positive thing. Do, what, can you think of anything that you, that you and your family, when you've discussed it, are there any things about what we're going through as a nation, even as a world, in fact, uh, I, I've spent 50 years now in a mission field. A lot of our time, we lived in Europe for about a decade in Belgium and Spain and ministered all over Europe. And what's happened in Italy and in Spain and so on, we have dear friends and brothers and sisters in Christ in all those parts of the world as well. I mean, this is truly a global thing. I wonder if there's anything that y'all have thought of that that you know that God might be doing or that might accomplish or what are you praying that might come out of this in any way i i don't want to put a put you under pressure about it at all but i'd love to hear a little bit of what your family is thinking and what might could anything good come of this for us as as god's people or as or as a nation yeah i believe that if people will turn to god a lot of good can come out of this. And I think that even um, believers will be able to become much stronger in their faith if they will turn to God during this time. Uh, we've had a lot of family discussions and trying to just make sense of everything that's going on. And uh, <laughs> but I think, Good luck with that, making sense of it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. really, actually... On paper, I mean, just really, truly, it's not particularly complicated in a way. This is one of the more, it's one of the really more simple, understand. it's a plague, you know, it's an illness. And, I mean, we read about them in the Bible, you know, there were plagues, there were times when nations and large numbers of people were wiped out by plagues and illnesses. And even during David's reign, there was a, a plague that that took place there. And so we read about it in the Bible, but... I'm not sure. Maybe we're not used to this. One has been so different. I mean, we you know we had the common flu and we had the SARS and we had that you know the we we've had other illnesses and other uh, things like this. But this one, I don't know. It just seemed to kind of take everyone by surprise. And since it's new, uh, I I don't know. Do you do you think we've overreacted? Hmm. As an, you know, in, in in shutting down everything. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know. Some days, like that, my opinion can flip flop back and forth. Yeah, that's a hard question, I isn't it? Really, don't know. Well, yeah. it's a done deal now. There's no way we could change it. We've, you know, we, if we overreacted, well, we did, and and we'll see what happens. But it's an amazing thing going on. And I really do appreciate you, Abigail. Thanks for calling in, and and thanks for recognizing uh, <laughs> my voice. That's so interesting to me. But it is a it, it is a thrill. That's a real privilege for me to do that program that, for my Native American brothers and sisters across the land. So uh, I, I appreciate you and your dad, your dad knowing about it, and uh, 
and give me a chance to talk about it a little bit here on this program. Glad oh, you're out thank there. Thank you for your ministry. You bet. God bless you and your family now. Let's keep praying. Thank you. All right. You too. All right. That is so good to hear from Abigail. Simple, great stories of faith. People whose lives have been touched, who've come to faith into a relationship with God and and uh, just making a difference. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, and this this week, past week, we've been in the uh, book of First Kings. We read about Samuel. We read about uh, Elijah. Someone mentioned that Elijah figures into this as well. He comes into the picture later on uh, after the time of the di- divided kingdom. When Solomon uh, ended his reign, his son Rehoboam uh, really made a mess of things. Actually, Solomon had already produced one of the questions I have asked you about was why what two great mistakes did Solomon make during his 40 during his 40 year reign mistakes that led Israel to uh, a disastrous you know to impoverish the nation and also uh, led them to divide as in the kingdoms the 12 tribes the 10 tribes of the north breaking off from Israel and uh, those two great mistakes were, one, he married, uh, he had over a thousand wives and concubines, and uh, clearly in the scriptures, in fact, even specifically it was said that the, Samuel warned the people of Israel, and Moses did, way even a century before, warned them about a strong central government and what a, a monarch, a king, would do, and that he would take the young men and women into. They would draft them into the military. That he would take their wealth and their through taxation, and that they would. And he talked about warning them against marrying many wives, and uh, and he warned them very definitely: don't go back to Egypt, where you know Solomon marries you know, the uh, wives from Egypt, and. And uh, he has all these horses and the, that they were told not to have, you know, very specific things. But Solomon did two things. One, he led, he was led by many of his foreign wives. They led him into idolatry. He would bring them in. Yes, a number of those wives were were political wives. You know, they would. He would seal a uh, a treaty with a foreign nation by marrying, taking one of the their king's daughters is one of his wives and so on and so i guess that was a common practice in that era but uh then he would have to build them a little place to live and then he'd have to create a a place for them to worship their god and and uh and so on but he he was led by his many foreign wives uh solomon was led into the practice of idolatry himself and of course what a great example that sets for the nation right and then the second great mistake he made was extremely high taxation. Solomon engaged in a lot of building projects. Uh, and for one, building all of these palaces for all of these wives. And then there are so many other things he built. And, of course, the temple was one of those as well. And this, this brought about a very high taxation on the land. And so when he died and his son Rehoboam, came on, they, he had a chance to keep the country together. And he, 
he could have held the nation together, but the people, the advisors from the ten tribes in the north, they asked him to to quit taxing them so high, so much. And they asked him to, to and his own advisors said, you know, we, we advise you to let up on the taxation. But he just hardened his heart. He was so stubborn. He said, you think my dad was high on taxes? You just wait and watch what I'm going to do. And he taxed them even more. And the ten northern tribes broke away from him following uh, another a young prince named Jeroboam, who was hiding out or had gone for protection into um, into Egypt, <laughs> interestingly enough. So Jeroboam became the king of the ten tribes of the north. Rehoboam, uh, followed, uh, Rehoboam continued to be the king of, the, of Judah and Benjamin in the south because he ignored the advice of his elder counselors and he threatened even higher taxes and greater suffering for the people. Just, I don't know, just how foolish, how foolish can you get? Uh, but uh, so these are great lessons that even even now in the 21st century, we're seeing that we're seeing how how deadly and how powerful, how detrimental a a extremely powerful central government can become. Uh, this is. This is what is meant uh, when, we, when we talk about uh, authoritarianism. All the authority rests in the state. It's called statism, authoritarianism. The stronger and, and our our founding fathers had it right. They they strong emphasis on states' rights, and of, and of, uh, yes, there was a, a good, effective central government, but it was limited government to only those things that had to do that. In, in in terms of national interest, uh, limited, small, limited central government. And yet we have turned uh, that great principle on its head. Our, the central government has just become so powerful uh, that and, – and even right now, and the, the way that the central government is handling this um, COVID-19, uh, this virus, it, it just seems to be – Playing into the hand of a, of a, a more and more and more powerful central government, and uh, to the point that now they're telling us, you know, when you can meet, when you can't meet, and when you can go to church, even when a church can be open, uh, when businesses can open, when they can't open. These are not the kind of things that um, traditionally, at least, are not the kind of things that a central government uh, in this nation. And, and, and our heritage of, of, of representative democracy, they're not the kind of things that a central government should be telling people. Uh, they should be handled on local basis and so on. And yet it is so dire, or they, the, the picture has been painted to be such a dire situation that we have um, pretty much as a nation, we have pretty much given in to uh, you know the the strong central government to whatever the president says, whatever the central government says, we're going to do it. The governors have kind of the governors to some degree are so dependent on the central government for money and so on, particularly California and New York, these very liberal, uh, more socialistic uh, states of our nation, and they're they're happy to give in, but. I don't know. These, these, there are some principles at work here. There are some, some powerful things happening and, and some decisions being made that we need to be, keep an eye on as uh, Americans. And 
experience of Solomon and Rehoboam and Jeroboam and these kings of Israel, we can learn a lot from their different experiences as we make our way through the book of First Kings. Now we'll pick up uh, we'll pick up this coming week. We'll continue through the book of First Kings and go right on in to Second Kings. And I would invite you to join us if you'd like. I just go to our website, thebiblelive.com. Click on the podcast, and you can find the readings for every day this coming week and listen to it on your your cell phone or on your computer. Anywhere you'd like, you can hear a a 15- to 20-minute Bible reading each day. And if if you stay with us, if we read through the Bible, at the end of a year, we would have read through the entire Bible together. And I'm I'm hoping that many of you might like to join us and uh, make our way through the Scriptures together. Of course, you can make your own groups and your family or your Bible study group or your your, your church family or Sunday school class. Uh, Some of people at work together say, hey, let's listen to the Bible together and talk about it, discuss it uh, on our Bible study day or something. But even if just individually, a chance to read through the entire Bible every year. And I'd be honored if you would join us. Now, you can also go to the station website, AM630, AM630, the word.com, and you can find the podcast there. Look up The Bible Live, and you can find those same readings available for you there. I hope you give it a try. I think you'll be blessed and will enjoy the journey through the Scriptures, the entire Bible, every year. Well, there are a lot of people who got left out of our conversation tonight, uh, Ahab and Jezebel and Elijah, uh, but we'll pick up on them next week as we continue through the book of 1 Kings. Have a great week, everyone. God bless. Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.